0: Welcome to the 27th episode of the Red Sox Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Green. We are going to the World Series. We are going to the World Series, and joining me as always is my lovely co host,
1: Dave Latham. Dave, say hi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to World Series Week.
0: World Series Week, World Series Podcast. Also joining us today, Chris Drozine, our other lovely co host. Chris, give a shout out.
2: Happy World Series.
0: This, is, uh, this has been a really, this week has been filled with elation. Um, we just beat the Houston freaking Astros, who were the self-proclaimed best team in the American League. No, 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 self-proclaimed best team in baseball. And guess what? The Red Sox not only beat them, it was a steamroll. Four to one, five games it took. The Astros beat us game one in our home tor- uh, on our home turf, and people were worried. And then Red Sox came out firing. So our last episode, we covered, I think, games one and two. Um, we hadn't got to three, four, and five, so we're going to briefly actually just skip three. Nathan Oldie pitched well, but we're just going to go right into game four um, just for time purposes because we got a lot to cover between these two breakdowns and the preview of the World Series because there's a lot of narrative to talk about, guys. Um, and I, I think we're just going to dive in here, guys, and let's, 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 let's break down what happened game four. So the eight eight to six win the Red Sox over the Astros. Um, this might have been the best game I have ever seen, and yes, I am saying that as a Red Sox fan. But there was a little bit of controversy in this game. Now, before we, we uh, I'm just going to preface by saying that um, the game included a JBJ go ahead homer, included a clutch Andrew Benintendi catch with bases loaded at loaded Alex Bregman two outs. Um, there it was literally everything you could have wanted. Mookie Betts' throw to get Tony Kemp out in the eighth inning, I believe. There was so much to like about this game, so much pure good baseball. But the controversy loomed over this game. I don't think it detracted at all from what the Red Sox done. But the fan interference call when Mookie Betts went back to right field and the first inning, it was the first inning, right? Yeah, because it was two First inning. Yep. And he tried to go back and had a beat on it. It looked like he might have came down with one of the best catches I have ever seen, especially given the stakes. Um, Right when he was about to get the ball, his glove accidentally, not accidentally, but it went into some fans' hands, and it conspicuously was closed by those fans' hands. Now, the initial ruling from Joe West, actually, I don't think Joe West knew what he was calling, but he ended up calling that it was fan interference, so no home run. Um, There's no doubt about it that Mookie Betts' glove, was close because of the fan's hand, but where was his hand? Where was his glove? Was it in the field of play? Where were the fans' hands? Were they reaching out? Does the yellow line on top signify that the ball is in play? There is a lot to break down here. So um, I know we are in the World Series, so it really doesn't matter. And it was such a it was such a big win for the Red Sox. It was four to one. So in the grand schemes of things, it didn't really move the needle much. But it's definitely interesting to talk about because it was very controversial. Very. Uh, It was a real good topic. So, uh, Dave, what were your thoughts about this uh, fan interference call?
1: So, yeah, when it first happened, Joe West, like you alluded to, he kind of called it a home run, a double, and an out at the same time. So when the review was happening, I thought that the call on the field was a double. And when they overturned it, I was like, okay, awesome, I'll take it. But I didn't see enough to overturn it from a double into an out. And then later, as the game went on, I realized, oh, wait, it was ruled an out on the field. So basically they just didn't have enough evidence to overturn that that call. So they couldn't say say if it stayed in the park, stayed out of the park, if the fan was interfering or not. So I think they made the right call upholding it. Fangraphs did a really good article breaking down what film they did have cuz that stupid security guard was in the way of the good angle and Uh, really broke down that Mookie probably stayed in and at the very least you don't have enough evidence to overturn it so I I believe the umps made the right call I think Mookie certainly would have had it if the fan weren't in the way I don't think that's even up for debate but I think Mookie was in play and I don't think that there's enough evidence to even come close to suggesting Mookie was definitely stretched out beyond the fence
0: yeah, uh, fan graphs, as you alluded to, I actually posted that on the Red Sox Unfiltered Twitter account, at Bo Sox Unfiltered, um, of the article that Jeff Sullivan wrote, and they did a really good job showing some angles that, and like having some close-up zoom-in shots of where Mookie Betts' glove and pointing to fans as reference points, because there was one guy in a white shirt whose arm was clearly out into the field of play, and it looked like Mookie Betts' glove was almost parallel to that, Um and this is right when the point of contact was being made. So with that, w- with that evidence, it kind of seemed like they probably made the right call. Obviously, nothing's conclusive, but that article really did shine some great light. And they had the poll at the bottom of it. It was, do people think it was a catch? And obviously, they just read the material, so maybe their their answer's been swayed a little bit. But it was like eighty percent of the population thought it was a catch um, in that in that sample. Uh, what about you, Chris? What did you think of the catch or the fan interference?
2: uh I, I regardless of what i thought it was i don't think it had any bearing on the outcome of the game um you know it, 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 they they tried to blow it up into a bigger thing than actually it was the first inning um you know there's eight other innings <laughs> so i was kind of like all right it's a controversial call but it's it's not like it happened um bottom of the ninth or something like that and caused them to lose the game um so regardless of whether or not what I think about it, because I I did think it was a catch just looking at it. And um, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's definitely a catch. Um, It's one of those things where if the fan's hand wasn't there, uh, Mookie would have made that catch 100%. And that's why I think it was a catch. I know that the rules might say that, oh, if his glove went over, well, then all bets are off, but I don't care. Um, Maybe (laughs) I'm biased because I'm a Red Sox fan. But I think the bigger bigger story is – How much complaining the Astros did Um, because what I found in my tooling around on the internet was that the Astros were complaining about it a lot in the dugout throughout the entire game so they just like took this one thing at the beginning and complained about the entire game and that's probably what caused them to lose the game
0: yeah I even saw AJ Hinch uh, I think it was a mid-game interview by Lauren Shahadi on TBS Um, And he was complaining about it openly in like the fifth inning. I mean, she asked him about it. So, um, but he was not happy. I know Altuve came out and said something, but he was the one who actually hit the ball. Um, It did have big stakes. Um, I know it was the first inning, but ultimately it would have been a two-run home run. The Astros lost by two runs, so that's why it's compounding the issue. Um, Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen. The game's completely different if that's a home run. Um, So you can't really. That argument's really hard to make. It just kind of sucks. That this game, which was so beautiful for so many ways, and there were so mo- this is probably one of the best games um, MLB has had in a very long time, especially given this stage. It sucks that that kind of had a cloud over it. Well, a they bit.
2: had the, they had their chances. It wasn't like yeah, that they it, it wasn't did. like no, they were they like did. no hit for the rest of the game or anything like that. No. They had no. plenty yeah. of
1: chances. They stranded so many guys in scoring position. I mean. Like you can't really complain about what happens in the first inning when you have chances in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth to take leads. I mean, yeah. come on.
2: And which which game was it with the uh, the Tony Kemp catch, the one that looked like it hit the wall? Is that game three? Right. That was, was that game three? Was three. That was three. The one we skipped over. Yeah. Um. But that that, was... that catch, the Red Sox didn't care. They just said, you know what, we're gonna just keep on chugging on. You know, they, yeah, they yeah. didn't They didn't spend the entire game complaining about it when that catch probably should have went the other way as well. Yeah.
0: Um, they also won.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they, Steve Pierce came up and was just like, you know what, I'm going to hit a home run instead.
0: Yeah, like, um. <laughs> I'll get <think> it <laughs> there, I'll get it a home
2: run, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so whatever. like next, <laughs> time, next time hit it a little further. How about that? <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: that is true. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, I think he would have caught it. It's just the rule book of was it actually fan interference, which is very interesting. There was security guard. They had the perfect angle, but the security guard was literally leaning in right in front of the camera angle. So um, the that would have been revelatory. That would have told us all we needed to see. But, uh, you know, bless the security guard, I guess, because we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but another catch that was very clutch, and we talked about this, uh, Andrew Benatendi, bases loaded, two outs. Um, Alex Bregman, the Astros' best hitter, is coming to the plate. Craig Kimbrell is looking like Cheeks. He's looked like Cheeks for a while. It's not pitched well, and it was a very tense moment. Um, but Craig Kimbrell, I guess, buckled down, or did Andrew Benintendi buckle down? Because he made a sliding catch literally right – not sliding catch. He dove. It, right before it hit the ground, uh, he caught it, and the Red Sox won. He had such a good jump on it too, man. And uh, that's actually our Twitter header. Thank you, Dave, for changing that uh, for Red Sox and filter because uh, – <laughs> That, that That is a moment that hopefully will be enshrined into Red Sox fans' memory forever. Uh, Dave, what did you think of the Benny
1: catch? I didn't believe it when it happened, because that game was so wild, start to finish. And first off, I was yelling at the screen, and you can go through our Twitter feed and see that basically, for the last three or so batters of Kimbrel, I was just saying, get him out, put in price, you know, because... Kimbrell just clearly didn't have it. If he can't get out the bottom of the order, no way is he getting out Alex Bregman. So Bregman steps up to the plate. Kimbrell's still in, like 30 pitches in. He can't find the strike zone to save his life. And then Bregman hits it to left field, and I see it dropping pretty fast, and I'm like, oh, well, tie game. And then I see Benny diving for it, and for a split second, I'm like, oh, well, we lose. I don't know why you're doing that. Oh, my God, he caught it. Like, I just (laughs) couldn't believe it. Like... He he went all out for it, and I—I I mean, you gotta admire not only Benny for actually making the catch, but having the guts to do it, because that's like that's game right there. If it goes past him,
0: yeah, no, that that is definitely game. Alex they are scoring three runs. They're scoring three runs, and I and I like how the guts it took to make that dive, because he easily could have let it fall into a single, maybe one run scored, maybe two, but the game would have still been within reach. He went for the dive, and, and it worked out. I also was um, thinking in the moment, uh, I don't know if you remember 2011. I don't know why I'm referencing 2011 in such a no, happy time. Dude, but Carl Crawford. You, right you remember the Carl Crawford game 162? It was a sliding catch for the win. Jonathan Papelbon was pitching. It was literally about the same position. But Carl Crawford's cr- slow... Oh, I don't know how Crawford became so slow, but he seemed so slow. And he slid, and he dropped it, and it was over. It was the worst night of my life. But this was the best night of my life. So, you know, with the highs comes the lows. You needed that binary opposition. So I feel elated. What about you, Chris? What was your opinion on the catch? Uh,
2: I Thoughts think it, it? if you didn't think the home run call changed the series, then that changed the series. Uh, it went from, all right, it's a matter of time for the Red Sox to win. Um, he, I, I wasn't expecting him to make the catch either I was like sitting there watching it And I'm like hey it's like 1.30 in the morning Or whatever it was And I'm like he's not going to make that catch It's going to be like a tie game Or I'm going to be miserable tomorrow At work for no reason uh, <laughs> all You those, have a good reason Chris. Uh, All, those things, all those things went through my head And I'm like and then he comes up with the catch And he shows emotion Which I was shocked I was like well there's emotion uh, from Ben Um, but I, I think we're talking about an entirely where we probably would have seen Game 7 had he not made that catch because that probably would have breathed new life in the Astros versus snuffing them out.
0: For sure. Um, another crucial moment in this game. This is the last crucial moment we'll go over because there were so many of them. The Jackie Bradley Jr. go-ahead homer, two-run shot. We're going to talk about JBJ uh, as the ALS a LCS MVP in a second, but, um, yeah, this was his second home run in two games. Um, he also had a three RBI go-ahead double in game two. Was that game three? Game,
2: game, two?
1: game two, three, right? two? Two. Two.
2: Because yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the one we won. Then yeah, it happened to be off they, the green monster. Yeah, yeah. They all blend together. At this point, all it's like just one big game, you know. One big smiley face,
0: but yeah, <laughs> um, JBJ, uh, well, let's just talk about his ALC, ALCS MVP. Um, well, he had nine RBIs, two home runs. He had the two go-ahead hits, and he had the Grand Slam. Um, did you think uh, he deserved to be ALCS MVP,
1: Dave? 100% absolutely. No questions about it because he just, every time there was a big moment, he, came, he just came through. He's the reason we won the series as fast as we did. He didn't really have to make any like stupidly good defensive plays, but he was his usual usual reliable self out there, and you know just anytime anytime we needed a big hit, he came through. We probably don't win game four without him. We might not win game two, and you know just he he was exactly what we needed every time. You know there was a big moment, anytime the game was on the line, he answered the call, and that's all you can ask for.
0: And you know how that must have made me feel seeing JBJ just beast it up this series. It was uh. It was just an absolute gift because JBJ has been my dude since day one when everyone was tossing him out, saying we should trade him for Yasiel Puig or a reliever or Kelvin Herrera, all those good things. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for the guy because he's I, an extremely I mean, talented player.
2: Puig probably wouldn't have been, like, terrible. No, it, it would have been <laughs> – it, it, it
0: would have basically – or Jose Abreu. That was the other big one. That, that one,
2: one I, was, I probably would have been – yeah. I wasn't – entirely in on trading him for that that's an entirely different conversation yeah. um, or, or the, the ben, bleak,
1: bench jackie bring up Rusnay castillo take that, that was so my, those were pretty good that, that, that was a my better point favorite, i could
2: have made favorite take right there right, yeah like up, even let's when, do when
1: it. even when like jackie was at his absolute lowest i'm like guys that's not gonna make it better i would have rather
2: <laughs> had him sit on the bench than than rusin come up and do whatever he's gonna try to do at the major league level
0: yeah, I uh, oh, got Castillo. I wrote an article about him like in August and people were really excited about him. But his his numbers were still um really being inflated by a high BABIP. So it's I'm just still
2: like not a, it's, it's like pedestrian numbers. Like, like if you look yeah, at his numbers, yeah, yeah. they're like, all right, that's cool.
1: You're an above yeah. average hitter in Pawtucket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good work, buddy.
2: Five homers. He had a
0: 372 BABIP. That is not sustainable. 120 WRC plus. So take, take your yeah,
2: 70 million to the bank and have fun, sir. And not living <laughs> in Cuba anymore. Yeah,
0: but we're, we're talking happy thoughts. We don't need to talk about Ruzney Castillo anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Chris, what was your opinion on? Do you think uh, JBJ should have been the ALCS MVP?
2: There's no other guy that was that had like the consistent bigger moments because uh, David Price, while he had that one game, the first game was shaky. Um, you know, everyone you point to, they had shaky moments. Where JBJ, while he may not done much in between his big hits, he still had the big hits. Nobody else really had like the oh, that's a huge hit kind of thing. Um, so I could see where yeah. they where they would give it to him. Um, much to it, it hurts my heart a little bit because like I'm in the JBJ overrated camp,
0: but, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he also I'll give it also, to him this time. I'll give it you'll to will give it to him this time. We'll see what he does in the World Series, but he also uh, hit. He drew a lot of walks too. His on base percentage was ridiculous. Like his average wasn't great. In between those two, uh, three really big hits, those extra base hits, but he did uh, draw lots of walks. So how he was many?
2: Getting how many walks were issued in this series? It seems like oh, everybody. So it seems oh, like everybody I, 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 was walked. I don't want to be the guy to count all that. I'm gonna That's, do it. Uh, I'm gonna do it while do it. we're
0: talking. Okay. I'll, I'll just
2: randomly yes. chime in.
0: Chime in, all right, Chris. Chris is gonna be gone for a little bit. Be, be yeah. the
1: hero we need, Chris. Yeah, two person show for the next half hour. Yeah.
0: You're not, yeah. Uh, so seven seventeen ops for the season. Jbj, um, he definitely brought that up um, from like what his second half in June was like. It was,
1: it was like twelve.
0: It was like tw- just twelve, just point zero twelve. Yeah, he's come a long way. So I I think this is more of the Jbj we're gonna see going forward. Not a great hitter. Um, but streaky one one who can have big moments one who is an obviously amazing fielder but with that we are moving to game five Chris continues to do your research um, game, game five the Red Sox beat the for 4-1 to one. this was the game that decided it which took the Red Sox to the World Series um, there was some really good performance by the bullpen there was a really great performance by uh, David Price and Dave, this one must have thought felt awesome for you. He went six innings, zero earned runs, nine strikeouts. Was it zero walks or was it? Zero, zero? walk. Zero walk. Nine. Wait, K, wait, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. Dave got off the David Price chain, train. I, I heard it. I saw it. He was I'm off the price that. train.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. I was just gonna go
1: ahead. I am but. still
2: firmly planted on the David Price train.
1: <laughs> I gave, yep. I should have held true to my gut, but you know, woe is me. I, I deserve, I deserve the ridicule because that was, that might be the best start considering the context. Like that might be the best playoff start I've witnessed as a Red Sox fan. Like, from the organization, the only ones that come close to me are uh, John Lester, 2013, game one of the World Series. He went uh, seven and a third, striking out seven. I want to say walking one and allowing a run. John Lackey in 2013, ALCS against the Tigers, game four, I believe. That was six and two-thirds, eight strikeouts, no walks, just phenomenal game, no runs either. And then uh, back in 2007, Josh Beckett threw a complete game in uh, the ALDS game one against the Angels. Like, you know, this this start was the stuff of legend. Of course, you know, Schilling's bloody sock is on there for great starts, yeah. too. But, like, this is really one of the greatest starts I've ever seen a Red Sox pitcher have. I mean, because when you think about it, David Price on short rest out Justin Verlander in the postseason in an elimination game. That just doesn't happen. Nobody beats Justin Verlander in those situations. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone expected that at all.
0: Um, but he, he did it in a huge way. He came out clutch. Um, this was really good for him, too, to get his first postseason wins. Who cares about postseason wins? I know, but... This was still good for him to get that uh, chip can, off his shoulder. Can, can
2: we talk about how stuck people are on wins with David Price in the postseason? I don't think like I understand his other stats are terrible, but everybody's like stuck on the wins part, and I think that's yeah. like that's like super frustrating because we discount wins at every other turn, but like then well, all of a sudden it's like yeah, David Price wins are important in October. Yeah, like that's all already that's all anybody ever talks about with him. Yeah, yeah. it's like.
1: There are more than enough stats to prove, like, why Price starts in October. I never got why the wins were the ones you went to.
0: It was just a convenient narrative to beat down on. But, yeah, he has 630-something ERA coming into this postseason performance. I think you easily could have looked at that and been like, guys, that is horrendous. Especially you put it next to his regular season ERA, and you're like, wow. But I think you pointed out his, his FIP. Compared to his like regular fit for his career, what was his? Do you know his postseason fit before?
1: Um, I don't game? have it off the top of my head. I feel like it was I a lot it was Like a solid point, point and a half lower than his ERA yeah. was, which he was getting unlucky. And like I looked at his starts, like it was pretty fifty fifty split between giving a quality start and just you know all hell Good breaking show. loose, like. A lot of his bad, a lot of his bad starts were just terrible. But he had more than enough good playoff starts. It's just his team didn't provide him any offense. So you know, it, it, there was reason to believe in Price, and I entered this postseason believing in Price. Then I promptly gave up that belief just in time for him to, you know, give me more hope. So
0: next time in the World Series, Price is going to be pitching the game. Uh, well, what he's probably in line to pitch game two. Yeah, that's that came out. Uh, yep. Are, are you are you believing in David Price, Dave? I right
1: am, now. I am believing in Price. If, if it goes if it goes wrong, it's only because I believed in him.
2: I'm afraid Just of uh, I'm afraid of old Tingle fingers. That's that's what I'm afraid of because it's uh <laughs> it's uh, what, it's, gonna be cold. it's gonna be cold. So old mm-hmm. Tingle old Tingle fingers might make an appearance. Uh, kind of like in Game Two of the ALCS where he was a little shaky. So I'm a little if, afraid, but like other than that, I mean, if he if he jumps off of that, that's going to be an awesome redemption story for him.
0: Yeah, if like let's say David Price pitches similar to what he did against Astros game 2 in Fenway Park in the uh, cold, the frigid cold, will he shed the Tingle Fingers nickname? Do you think? You think we're not going to call him Tingle Fingers I, anymore? I, I
2: will I will stop calling him T- I'm saying right now you can hold me to this. I will no longer call him Tingle Fingers if he, Chris if he will personally comes stop. out and does well. Uh, See now, he, I need less, than, the three runs, I feel less like, than three runs,
1: <laughs> I, I feel like if the Red Sox had any reason to believe that he just couldn't pitch in the cold, they'd find a way to make it so he could pitch in Los Angeles because, like, you know about it's the totally weather. And away. obviously, yeah, one game away. And, you know, Price pitched game five, just say, yeah, we want to get him full rest for game three. This totally has nothing to do with temperate zones. Just make a Valde go game two. I'd be more than comfortable with that if he can't pitch in the cold.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now, I'm 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 comfortable putting Nathan Avoldi in Game One. Probably not. I like Chris Sale better, but uh, Nathan no, Chris Evoldi's Sale. The guy. Always Chris, go Sale. Chris Sale. Always go Chris Sale. No matter what you're thinking, otherwise Chris Sale. Um, but yeah, Nathan Avoldi, love my dude. Um, so we're gonna get away from this break. Any anything else you want to talk about from Game Five, uh, Chris? Let's start with you. Do you have any last thoughts? Uh, no. We won. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Dave?
1: Ah, uh, no. David Price is amazing. Um, love Dave, Brian Brazier. Bro? I love Brian Brazier. That's a, that's one.
0: Brian Brazier. I love Brian Brazier too. Not as much as you, but I like him. He's a he's a good guy. Good guy. Solid reliever, man. What? More but, than solid, son. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's doing very well right now. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think I accidentally... I I, I didn't accidentally, but I tweeted something kind of negatively about Ryan Brazier in the ALDS on Twitter, and then you, like, had to comment (laughs) that two people run this account, guys. This is Patrick. We will do not tolerate uh, Ryan Brazier's slander here. (laughs) That was hilarious.
1: Yeah, yeah, out of context, like, as I was sending that tweet, I realized, because I was on the Red Sox and filtered account the same time you were, so yeah. to most of the world, it's just going to look like one person having like an inner argument with themselves. So
0: <laughs> so you have to delineate it to make it look like uh, we were going back on ourselves. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. But uh, is Ryan Brazier the reliever you trust most right now in this bullpen? Him or Barnes, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, they the, the bullpen has really,
2: really shut me up. Like, 100% shut me up. Like, I'm like, wow. I'm Except for Erod, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, other than him, I mean, it's they've been solid. And I can't... That, I, I have nothing to complain about, really. Uh, except Kimbrel, but he apparently figured it out, I guess. Um, oh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we don't yeah, know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: we'll, we'll see. I don't trust the, you know, those kind of narratives right before the game. Ah, uh, we'll see if he... So we're going to talk about him, too, and how he might have been tipping his pitches. It seems like a very... Yeah, uh, paranoid feeling throughout the playoffs right now. But yeah, the bullpen being better than people thought. Another Dave take. So Dave, give yourself a pat on the back. See, it's they're...
2: not all wrong. David Price takes. <laughs> so
0: kind so, of like
2: Bill Belichick. Uh, Alex Cora is playing chess while the rest of us are trying to play checkers.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I love I love I that uh, metaphor, analogy, whatever you want to call it. That was good, Chris. I'm proud of you. Um, but Mookie Betts that's playing why second I'm here. base. <laughs> Mookie Betts uh, reportedly is taking uh, grounders at second base. He might be playing second in the World Series because they will have to go to National League uh, Stadium for three games. Meaning, and they already said, J.D. Martinez, who usually is their D.H., will be playing in every single game. So there are three games where they would have have to have a decision. Do they move Mookie Betts, who has played, what, a couple innings at second base this year to second? It was his original position. He's had good fielding um, abilities there in the minor leagues, but he hasn't had a lot of major league experience there, but he's been taking ground balls at second all year. Or do you take out JVJ, arguably the hottest hitter um, in the Red Sox lineup uh, right now, or Andrew Benatendi, who also is one of your best players? And, uh, yeah, uh, what do you think about Mookie Betts' playing second base potentially in the World Series. Uh, Chris, let's start with you.
2: I really love Chaos, so inject that into oh. my veins, give it to me, put him at second base. The only thing I'm afraid of is uh, Manny Machado, because that guy's a jerk. So <laughs> <laughs> like, other than that, I'm good with it. Like As long as uh, Manny Machado stays away from Mookie, I'm good to go. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, if he slides into Mookie Betts, I think the city of Boston is going to find Manny Machado. Uh, what about you, Dave? What are yeah, your
1: I, I absolutely love the idea. Um, you know, Mookie came up through the minors as a second baseman. He reportedly takes grounders on a pretty regular basis, like, even before the World Series started, like, because he just loves doing it. And he actually, as a prospect, was supposed to be just as good defensively at second as he was offensively normally. Yeah. So. It's just a case of Mookie Betts can do whatever he wants whenever he wants because he's Mookie Betts. And you know, after we win the World Series, that same night he's probably going to go bowl a three hundred at the local uh, at the local bowling alley because he's Mookie Betts. He can do what he wants. Can I so give you, I'm yeah. al-
2: Can I give you something entirely unrelated to Mookie Betts? Do yeah. Um, Joe Kelly, I don't think walked anybody in the entire LCS.
1: Oh my god! Are, are you still working on this?
0: Your, your <laughs> walk total. Is that Have you got us a number, Chris? Uh,
2: I'm working on it. I, okay, I can't. Okay. Do you happen to know if you're looking at a stat sheet if it doesn't put hit by pitch doesn't go under base, base on balls, correct? No, so it's, no it's, it it's technically like a that's a separate thing. Walks and walks. Well, yeah, hit by. All right, all right I'm I'm just going to include hit by pitches as uh, walks because I'm just going to lump it all they together. They do the that's, same thing. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So yeah, are I'm, you so looking I'm, for the? I'm still working on it.
0: Are you looking for the total for the Red Sox or the total for both teams? Uh, cool.
2: Both.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say let me do it real quick, but I, yeah, I'm not gonna do that then. It's a lot of adding numbers into a calculator I don't have.
2: I'm breaking it down by pitcher, too.
0: Breaking it doing down by pitcher too. This on the fly. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Good for you. Um. So, am I? Uh, did you finish your Mookie Betts conversation? I, I
1: I still had a few thoughts there, so.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, man.
1: All right. Sorry, so, yeah, I, thought, um, I thought you were like at a breaking point. My yeah, bad. Uh, no, but it, it's all good. It's all good. We had to know Joe Kelly things. But anyway, um, yes, so Mookie is obviously great at everything he does, and the outfield is on fire. You knew that was the team's strength going into the year, and it's been that way all season long, especially with Jackie just tearing up postseason baseball. So you got to ride with all four outfielders as far as I'm concerned. And second base just really hasn't been productive at all this year. Kinsler's been pretty disappointing. Holt's been good, but I feel like he's best served um, whenever possible as a uh, as, as a be- as a bat off the bench because the catcher position's a black hole. Just nobody can hit there. So if you have Holt as an option to come off the bench and take a bat from Sandy, that's like huge. That's just like unspeakably huge. So I'd rather have. I'd like having Holt as an option off the bench. Obviously, you'd have that if you had Mookie or or like Jackie on the bench or something like that. But I think um, the best offense you can have, the best team you can have, is finding a way to get Mookie, Jackie, Benny, and JD all playing at once.
0: Yes, I I will say it is obviously an offensive upgrade if you keep uh, Mookie bets at second base. Um, even with JBJ um, in center field. And I know people have mixed opinions on his offensive performance, but he's around an average bat, and it's really firing right now. He's hot, Jackie, so keep him in the lineup. Um, With this, the question is, do they lose much on defense? And the question is, I don't think so. I think Mookie Betts is that talented, where he could play second base pretty flawlessly. I'm not saying this out of, like, any statistical evidence or evidence of me having—I mean, I've actually seen him when he was a prospect at Greenville— couple of years ago, watching him take, uh, and he was like a renowned second. Like, his def- defense was so stellar at second base. So that that also gives me reason to believe in Mookie Betts as a second baseman, even though that was like, what, eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago. I don't know, time's weird. But, yeah, Mookie Betts, uh, I have full confidence in him playing defense, uh, stellar defensive second base. Maybe not stellar, but serviceable. And with that offensive upgrade, it seems like uh, a, a calculated risk. I think this would be worth it if you're taking Kinsler Holt out of the lineup. And then, as Dave said, you know, Kin Holt will be a pinch bat. And with Sandy Leone, you're going to need, and the pitcher spot, too, because when they're in the National League parks, they're going to need to um, shuffle in good pinch hitters for the pitchers. So that gives you more of, of uh, weapons off the, the bench as well. Um, but then again, you could have like Andrew Benatendi be a pinch hitter. So we'll, well, we'll think about it. But yeah, Moogie Bats playing second base, I like it. Um, Chris Sale. He has a stomach bug injury, or is it an infection? It was caused by a belly button ring infection, potentially, or something to that nature. So he didn't pitch game five like he was slated to. It's okay. David Price did. David Price pitched like Chris Sale, so it was all forgotten. But are are you guys concerned about Chris Sale um, making his next start? Because he did reportedly lose some weight. He wasn't able to eat solid food for a while. Um, What is your level of concern? Chris, I'll start with you.
2: Um, I'm concerned. Like I wasn't really concerned. I was like, eh, stomach thing. But I'm concerned because like I've been hearing like if you follow if you follow along on Twitter and stuff, all the comments that keep being made are like, yeah, when I'm out on the mound I'm 100%. Yeah, he should be good to go. He might be good to go. We'll evaluate it. Like all all those like telltale things that it's like, eh. But that could also be just a te- uh, Alex Core attack to be like, well, maybe Chris Sale's not going to be 100% Dodgers. And then all of a sudden he comes up and he's throwing on 100 miles an hour and they're like, what in the world? Um, so I don't know. Um, I, I just, I always err on the side of caution when it comes to injury and stuff like that, so.
0: Yeah, I also think it was interesting to note that Chris Sale in game one of the ALCS, his velocity was um, having like a really weird pattern. Um, he started out, low 90s and then like there were times where he could push it to 96 but it seemed like it was very effortful it seems like there was no consistency with his velocity and i wonder if this was he was already dealing with the stomach injury the stomach bug um at that point um i don't know i don't have any evidence to back that up it just seems weird that i know he's had mechanic issues too so that could obviously be the cause Um, i'm not that concerned because he chris sales chris sale but chris sale is definitely one of those guys who could be like you know dying and then he'd be like yeah i'm good to go uh, I, I'm ready to go. I can pitch I can pitch game five, no, no problem. Because Chris Sale's a, a tough dude. He likes to put on a tough front, and and I, I tend to believe that, you know, the best pitcher in baseball will be able to work through this. Uh, I always call the best pitcher in baseball. Do I believe that? That's close. Probably. Maybe I'm a Red Sox fan. I kind of have to. But, yeah, <laughs> Chris Sale, uh, I think he'll do fine, but I obviously have no idea the severity of this injury, how much it will affect him. We'll see. I'm waiting to see on this. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts? What's your
1: concern? Yeah. So I'm a little bit concerned just because you never want your, you know, ace going into the hospital a few days before the World Series starts. But at the same point, we've been down this road before with uh, Sale. I remember going into the ALDS um, game one start. Everyone was like, well, where's his velocity? Is his arm okay? Is that shoulder healthy? And then he goes in and he's blowing it by the Yankees at, you know, 95, 96 all game long. So I'm hoping, you know, history can sort of repeat itself here. I feel like if it, I feel like if it were more serious, like we wouldn't be talking about Chris Sale's belly button ring because there's, an, I refuse to believe that Chris Sale's belly button ring is the reason where is that even really like, a thing. Is I, yeah. button, here's the thing, yeah, that's, a thing? that's side note. I refuse to believe he has one. Second of all, if he did, I refuse to believe that's the reason all this is starting. Like I'm, I swear it's just a joke, and Cor, Cor and Sale are having a good time.
0: Uh, but, did you see what Ian Kinsler said?
1: Oh, uh, God, what did
0: say? He said, uh, say, it was like someone asked him a question about Chris Sale and his belly button, and he's like, I don't know, but if we win the World Series, I'll get a nipple ring. Hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw Porcello said something, too. Like, one, some reporter asked him about it, and Porcello's like, dude, I don't look at Chris Sale's ba- belly in my free time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh-oh.
0: Quotes about that.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Chris, were you saying something before I interrupted you with the Kinsler comment?
2: What? No, I'm
0: good. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, Chris Sale. We'll we'll see. That's tomorrow. We're recording Monday, by the way, so in less than 24 hours, we'll be in the midst of this game. As I told Dave before, I have called that work, so I will be watching it. So, yes, I'm excited. We're pumped. But there is something... Wait, you called that work? Well, I... I, Yeah, I mean, I I took off. I got my... uh, I got my position... My shift switched with someone else. Oh,
2: okay. okay. So
0: I work in retail um, as a college kid. So you know, college kids usually tend to do that.
2: I mean, my job's pretty flexible, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, but I'm I'm working until, like, 7 tomorrow. So okay, so you'll, you'll be life. good.
0: Cause see, I yeah, I'll get, a, I'll get home, yeah.
2: like, just in time for first pitch, pretty much. Yeah.
0: See, like, at the ALCS, there were games when it was, like, I would start work at 4, and I'd get out of 10, and then the game would be I, either there was a 5 o'clock start time, so I missed the whole freaking thing. Or uh, it would, like, I'd miss an hour or two and just take extra long meals. So, yeah. Um, but there is something that I'm not very concerned about. And that's Craig Kimbrell's weird struggles. Throughout the playoffs, he has seemingly got himself, like, a, a batter away from blowing this thing that seemed insurmountable to be blown. And he always finds himself in these predicament. Like, my blood pressure can't take it. I'm 20 years old. This is This is maddening. Uh, so what's up with Craig Kimbrough, who is an elite closer, or should be an elite closer? By the way, he's up for American League reliever of the year. He's the one of the final three finalists. Um, I don't, I don't think that he should be in that conversation at all. I think he was like twentieth in WAR among relievers. It's uh, like fifteenth in American League relievers. So that was also a side note. I think Kimbrough's had a good year, but this is a diatribe. I just. Edwin Diaz and Blake Trinan, those guys are so far ahead of him this year. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Dave, what do you think about Craig Kimbrell's weird struggles?
1: Yeah, um, so they obviously talked about the pitch tipping, and that's great and all, but pitch tipping isn't the reason you're missing home plate by three feet every time you throw the ball. That's not like your Craig's walking guys at an astronomical rate up until his last appearance, and pitch tipping doesn't have anything to do with that. Now, I know they said that, there was something to do with his release point. Maybe that has something to do with it because he closed out the Astros pretty strong in game five. So there is some form of optimism, but I'm still a little worried because pitch tipping doesn't answer everything that went wrong with Craig these last few weeks. And in a side note, Eric Gagne was the guy who reportedly noticed the kink and, Talk to Cora about it, so this is also a historical moment because, if it's true, this is the first time Eric Gagne has ever helped the Red Sox win a baseball game. <laughs> Throwing some shade at Eric Gagne. Oh dude, he was terrible with <laughs> us. You let me, okay, uh, Chris, you talk
0: about your opinion on Craig Kimbrell. I'm going to look up Eric Gagne's stats with the Red Sox. That's uh, what so,
2: I don't know. Obviously, I, I, I've never really... Hit before, so I can't really talk too much about like pitch tipping. Did you uh, play like little league? Uh no, I so <laughs> here's a story story time. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> um, I played in the step before little league. Uh, it was called like uh, Galusha in my town. It might be called something somewhere else differently, but the kids pitched. It was just a step before little league. And Because okay. uh, I used to pitch, and I was good at yeah. pitching, uh, I was afraid of the ball <laughs> in the batter's box, <laughs> so uh, I couldn't hit, so I couldn't get to Little League because they wanted people that could do both. So what's dumb is I probably, you know, I, I could have honed my craft as a, as a pitcher and made some money, but
0: you know uh, in the next Chris Sale no big deal yeah
2: it could have been no no, no, definitely not but uh yeah so that's 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 as far as I made it in my baseball career Uh, (laughs) Um so I I think that he that something was going on something had to been off um because he was pretty good in the regular season I mean he had his wild times but um coming up with four walks and then uh adding a hit-by-pitch, and you're kind of sitting there like, all right, what's going on, dude? Like, w- what happened? Um, so he lost something, but it seems he found it again, at least in one game. Um, so hopefully we can hope for the best here against the Dodgers.
0: Yeah. Um, I have my Eric Gagne statistics for you. So obviously he didn't pitch very long with the Red Sox. It was a partial season in 2007, 18-2 two third innings. Um, 6.75 ERA. But, but the guy was so criminally unlucky. He had a 303 FIP, a 303 FIP. He was actually worth .3 F WAR because F WAR is predicated on fielding independent pitching. Eric Gagne may have been a bad Red Sox, but guess what? He was an unlucky one too. Very, very uh, like JBJ in the first Fli- half.
2: Flipping the narrative. Flipping the narrative. Yeah.
0: Flipping the narrative. But yeah. So um,
2: so I, I I did all this math for my uh.
0: We both did a little research. So
2: so, so I did all my math and then I went on baseball reference and I could have just went on baseball reference and not done the math. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So here I am. Um, So in 89 innings pitched, there were 52 uh, people put on base, whether it was hit by pitch or base on balls. Uh, The Red Sox were ahead of the Astros in that front. Um, But Justin Verlander led the way with six. Really? Yeah,
0: he led the way. Rick Porcello had
2: four? Yeah, Rick Porcello had two. Four? One. One. Really? That's well two, two if you want to count hit by pitch. Uh Craig wow, Kimbrel had know. five. He was number two. A lot of the Astros guys had two.
0: Um, that's, that's a nice uh even round number. Yeah, but
2: uh, if you look at the whips for all the Astros guys, there's uh let's see there's one, two, three, four it's four of them with whip over two, and the right side. How Sox, do you guys feel about whip? Uh, it's a thing. Um, it exists.
0: I'm a pretty uh, anti-whip guy. I would describe so,
2: myself as such. So David Price, for everything that I'm going to laud him a little more because I love me some David Price. He had 13 strikeouts. He bested Justin Verlander by three strikeouts in an inning and a third less. Wow. Not bad. Yeah, not, not, bad. Bad. not hey, bad. Chris,
0: well. are, you, are you on the, were you always on the David Price train? Were, have you always been a supporter?
2: Yes. Wow. I, I think I, the dude needs to get bit. out of I think the guy needs to shut up. But, like, he's he's good. I, I'm, I'm like, let's go, let's do this, bro. Like, every time he's yeah. like, let's do this. But, like, he can't get out of his own way.
0: Also, I felt so good for him, too. Like, that moment must have meant a lot. That was just, it was beautiful how it happened. Yeah, After like,
2: the post. Just- this game, you could tell it meant a lot to him, too.
0: Yeah. I was happy for him, man. That's Especially imagine
2: if they win the World Series, could you, like, if he wins, like, another one or two starts, or he has to come in, like, in relief or something like that? Could you imagine that? Contract like, worth it. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. I
1: remember, remember how much everyone used to hate John Lackey. Now he's a folk hero because of 2013.
0: Yeah, John Lackey, what was that, 2011 2012, he was the worst pitcher yeah. in baseball. But, but then it came but he came he, the he, he was
2: He was pitching. He missed hurt. 2012 with the 2012. Tommy John. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was, yeah. He was like he was like pitching with an arm that was falling off. The no, only that, reason
1: it, he was doing that though is because he took a year off for surgery. He would have had to do it the next year on a veteran minimum contract. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, we we bought him broken and we knew it. Like there was a very oddly specific clause that said like. If you have Tommy John surgery for an injury you suffered in 2008, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you have to play one extra year at the vet minimum. So he was doing everything in his power to not do Tommy John,
2: and then he had to do it. So I feel yeah. bad. I feel bad for the listeners right now because I feel like that I have uh, led the wagon of this uh, all over the place podcast. So I apologize.
0: It's not all over the place I think we're giving them very vital information About John Lackey And, and, and uh,
2: putting the script on Eric Gagne you know, that's, that's what yeah, we're here for Hey, we're in the World
1: Series Have we we're even the talked about the Dodgers? Yeah, we could do whatever the hell we want We're in the World Series <laughs>
0: Oh uh, yeah, Manny Machado. Just wait
2: antics. till just wait till the off season.
0: This, this is gonna get silly. Yeah. this is gonna get this is gonna get <laughs> fun. Uh, Manny Machado, his antics. So Manny Machado uh, obviously has been very outspoken in the National League uh, Championship Series. He apparently um, clipped Jesus Aguilar going to first base. Christian Yelich went on record calling him a dirty player. Before that, in the same series, he came out and said, "I don't hustle. I'm not that kind of player." Um, Manny Machado does not have a great look right now. People are thinking, like Christian Yellick, that... Well, I think Christian Yellick uh, used some very nice explicits after the interview was over. Um, I don't know if anyone saw that quote, but I will not say it in verbatim, because people may be listening to this who have children. I don't know.
2: Think of Um, the children.
0: Think of the children, but yeah. um, Manny Machado, what what do you think of, of him as a person and as a player, because I actually don't say what you think of him as a player, because we all think he's awesome. What do you think of his antics? Dave, you start.
1: So, yeah, I don't know what, like... Machado is such a freaking talented player. He's fantastic to watch when it's only baseball things. Like, the things he can do on the field is just amazing. He's too good to be doing Bush League crap like this. He is a dirty player. Yellick's absolutely right. Um, There was the slide thing with Pedroia last year, which I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but after watching... What he did in the Brewers series, there's no doubt in my mind anymore that he's intentionally out to hurt people and just be a dangerous, bad like bad for the game player. I, uh, he, its sickening, and I really don't. It, it's a shame that a guy that good is doing crap like that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, what about you, Chris? What are you thinking?
2: Dude's a punk. Like honestly, like geez, just just play. Like you get, I don't understand acting like that when you get to play it. Basically a children's game. It's weird to say that. Like, sound like that crotchety old man. It's like you're playing a children's game for money. Uh, but I think I feel like I'm I'm solidifying myself as a crotchety old man with baseball uh, as time goes along here. But uh, no, Manny Machado, he can. Uh, I'm, I, that's he, He's a punk. I, I I hate watching him. I I sincerely hope and wish that uh, he gets drilled. I don't think it's gonna happen. But I hope he does because he can't, He came from a garbage franchise and he is a garbage player. Um, so, you know, that's, that's how I feel about Manny Machado. And I can't wait for somebody to give him, like, $300 million. But do you guys think he, he costs himself money by, uh, that's what by I, being like this? Like, by uh, saying, yeah, I don't hustle? Like, uh, do you think there's somebody's going to be like, like a lot of, like, Do you think? do you think he goes from, like, a whole bunch of people want to talk to him to, like, maybe a couple teams? Do you think, like, he lost, like, a suitor? And
1: the Astros traded yeah, for Asuna, so it's not like people really hold money in too high true. regard. Or character that's in too high true. regard. Because, I mean, Manny Machado may be a punk. Uh, but he's but, phenomenal. Like, he's Like, objectively speaking, he's phenomenal. And he's
0: not beating women. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's different in character. All right, all
2: right. There. He's, he's an A plus stand-up citizen, then. All right. Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. I mean or a solid
1: a solid C minus, I'd say. Well, let,
2: let's be real, we're not sure if he's uh doing what Osuna did on the side. Nobody knows. He hasn't been proven. Doesn't no no allegations, we don't know. <laughs> not to not to throw those kinds of things <laughs> That around, is but. a bold claim to throw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not throwing that out there for the record, but we, we don't know. Like, let's
0: be real. <laughs> I'm gonna uh... I'm going to err on the side of of
2: caution and say no, but... um, No, 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 he's probably like 100% not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just just call him that out. Please, nobody from Manny Machado's can't reach out to me. Nobody uh, closing my DMs. Nobody email me. Uh, Uh, Give uh, him your Twitter uh, handle, Chris. No, no, I don't want to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Manny Machado, incredibly talented player. Like, I love watching a dude play. And if you think about this, if he's going 80%, like, at most times, even in the National League Championship Series, he's going 80%. Imagine this dude going 100%. Because he's a seven-six win player right now. Like, he's at Mike Trout's level, if, like, if this is real. I mean, obviously we don't know what kind of gains there actually are. But, like, if I saw him go hard every game and put a little more effort, there probably adds a win or something. I don't know how to quantify that, but that's interesting to think that there might even be more to tap out of there. It
2: kind of makes you think of Hanley a little bit. Where like he's not interested. He's just like whatever, man. Like was he just not interested last year when he had a down year? Like is that is that a thing? Like maybe that's what it is. What man uh, Machado? Like was he just disinterested in what was going on around him?
0: I mean, I could. And somebody, somebody literally
2: just died. Just yeah. If if anybody heard that, somebody died in the background.
0: When you when you don't have that urgency, it's not. I mean, what are you playing for?
2: Well, that's I just
0: that's my thing. Them.
2: Like, like if you're if you're on a last place team, like I think about that a lot when I'm watching like last place teams. I'm like, how do you get up every morning? <laughs> what makes you want to go to work that day? <laughs> like getting just, millions of dollars. Like
1: like the Buck yeah, Showalter. Buck Showalter. Right?
2: This year, Buck Showalter just just using him because there were 60 games out of first place. Because you know, crap on the Orioles. Here we are. Um, but what is he like? Like, he knows he's not coming back next year. And he's just, like, yeah, no. he, he's stuck being the manager for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, Buck Showalter. And you're just like, I hate this. Like, I, I would just be like, yeah, guys, do whatever you want. Fill out the lineup card, have fun. Yeah. Like, like, what do you yeah. do?
0: Yeah, like, Buck Showalter. Like, as a manager, when you're not actively, like, participating in, like, the fast action of the game... Um, I mean, he still gets to have, like, this strategic component, which kind of makes managerial position enticing. But at the same time, when you're just getting crapped on all season long and, like, your odds of winning, you, you that must have just been so demoralizing for Buck Walter. But the players, I mean, they got to prove themselves. they got to make money. They've got to, you know, cement their status, their legacies. So there's always that continuous, uh, that goal in mind. And I guess the same could be said for Buck Walter, But that was just, like, he was boxed and there was uh, no hope from the beginning. But they had made a at one point. Um, moving on from M MM. M. Um M and M? No I'm not gonna do that. It's not gonna make that don't do don't, that. don't do that. We we That's already like, had yeah. we already
2: had one bad thing come out of this. Yeah.
0: Let's, <laughs> not, let's not have that come out of this. <laughs> Let's not have that come out. But we're gonna talk about World Series predictions. We on our Bosox Unfiltered Twitter account, we talked, um, we asked the the fans, our Twitter followers if they had any questions for us, we got one today. Uh, usually, varies. Sometimes we get a couple. Sometimes we get one. Sometimes we get none. This was a one day, um, and he. It's at Dalt Boyles. And Boyle says, "Non-biased answer on prediction to win the World Series." He says, "Dangers playing the Dodgers imposed. I trust the Reds. This Red Sox team. I think they will win. But at the same time, it is October baseball, and we have seen any that how anything can happen. Therefore, we're still super nervous. Uh, what's your general feel here, uh, Chris, about this series?
2: Uh, so it'll be interesting. I saw, uh, I think it was MLB that tweeted it out. I could be wrong. I'm going to credit MLB. Good job, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was They were showing how uh, the hitting of the Red Sox versus the pitching of the uh, Dodgers, almost said Astros. Um, and there's a lot of firsts on uh, both sides. So they're number one on both sides. So it'll be interesting to see if the whole... Uh, good pitching beats good hitting holds up um, I if you want my unbiased thought I think I'm not gonna be weird um, I think Red Sox at six and I think David Price has two good games
0: oh I love it uh, what, what, what about you Dave
1: All right. So my first off, let's start with the pick. I'm saying Red Sox in five. The Dodgers—they're obviously a good team. They made it to the World Series. But if we're being objective, I think the Astros were a better team. I think the Yankees were a slightly better team, and we beat those guys pretty handily. Obviously, it's October baseball. Anything can happen. But I really do like the Red Sox chances. Um, These teams aren't very familiar with each other or where they play really outside of Machado. And I think that's going to come up to be pretty big in Fenway Park because Fenway is just such a weird outfield. Nobody on the – no one on the Dodgers knows how to play that left field. No one knows how to play the triangle. Nobody knows how to play that sharp corner and right. I could see a few errors coming up there, um, especially with a guy like Puig who has all the talent in the world but sometimes seems to overlook the easy stuff. At least that's what I've noticed from him. But – I, I do think the Red Sox have the upper hand in this series. I think Chris Sale um, wins both games he pitches, probably both against Kershaw. I, I, I yeah, Chris, I,
0: I'm, I'm Chris hoping Chris Sale, uh, hit
2: his belly button ring is going to make an appearance.
0: Oh, that'd be fun.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: when we, if we win it all, I hope Chris Sale gets a World Series belly button ring. That's what
0: yeah, I. And that'd be sweet. Oh, it should, oh, that that would be wonderful. Um, so, in terms of the Dodgers-Red Sox, I think people are underrating the Dodgers a little bit. Um, people, I think, immediately assume that the Yankees and Astros are much superior competition than the Red Sox. beat both of them pretty handedly, so this, in some people's minds, should be a pretty easy uh, win for the Red Sox. However, I will say, according to base runs over drafts this scripts out sequencing and everything uh, obviously in the regular season, Dodgers only won 92 games but their base runs record was actually 101 and 62 um, which actually doesn't make sense because that's 160 oh wait they played the tiebreaker game yeah anyway uh, the Red Sox uh, base runs record meanwhile was 99 and 63 Yankees was 9765 Azra said the best base runs were in record in baseball so I think the Dodgers are still supremely talented they led baseball in WRC plus even better than the Red Sox so their offense was a little bit better I'm not saying the playoff by
1: Astros. one point
0: you know the exact WRC plus of the Red Sox I like that uh, but yeah it was it was one point um, it's it, it's very close uh, actually I don't even know if I would say that they're better I think that's too close to even say anything uh, the Dodgers bullpen is not very good, but you know Red Sox is neither. I think the Red Sox have the advantage in the rotation, though the Dodgers seem to be getting healthy at the right time. I don't think the Dodgers are a give-me, like some people think, but I also think the Red Sox are the better team. I think the Red Sox have more momentum, and I think that the Red Sox will ultimately win this in six, because I was going to go five, but then I dug into the numbers a little bit more, and the Dodgers seem to do pose a threat. Um, so, yeah, Red Sox in six, Let's see it.
2: You, you uh-huh. need to make another prediction because we both can't be right here. Oh, Chris! I gave, like I gave you. Now. I gave you two. Two good starts by David Price. You got to give me something this else. This is our here. thing.
0: Come on. Okay, uh, Jackie Bradley <laughs> Jr. Two more home runs. In two more series. home
2: runs from JB. All right, all, right, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Cool. I might even say three. I'll, How I'll, would cir- that I'll circle back. Did, did either wow. of you, did either, Let's of you go. did either of you watch the NLCS? I, I watched bits and pieces of it. So, yes, did, did you did you see the stuff about like the catcher, uh, grandall and uh, Austin Barnes? How like Grandal was so terrible that they had to have Austin Barnes in there? I think it was Game Seven, was it or Game Six? I don't remember which. I, I actually didn't see that. I they, he was like, yeah I missed that. He, the dude was just, like so shaky defensively. Um, I don't know if that's true. I that's what I thought it was. I don't know if that's like what their normal. If they have like a normal platoon situation, that's possible. I wasn't paying that close attention to it, but I, the the I saw one game where like Grandal was like all over the place with his defense, so that'll be interesting to watch too. As long as that's a thing, and I'm not just making that
0: up. Okay, catcher Dodgers catcher's defense versus Red Sox catcher's offense. This should be fun. Which one's
2: more inept? We shall see. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna tell well, yeah. you, it's it's the it's the catcher's offense on the Red Sox side. Yeah. I'm saying. No, I agree. Unless Swihart uh, gets in there for some reason.
0: Uh, ah, yeah, he hasn't even made a pinch run up. He hasn't made a pinch run up here, has he?
2: He hasn't even appeared. He's right? just been chilling it's on the bench. He's gonna get a World Series ring just from chilling on the bench. He's just not gonna a get a bad job. Yeah, right. He's no, just like a getting job. paid major league salary, getting all the perks, just chilling there. He's gonna get a ring. Dude's got the life. Yeah. He's good just, work. If you he, he's can, just, get like, it. yeah. He's just existing right now.
0: Rock Osweiler is a ring, so anything's possible. Remember that. <laughs> um, believe in your dreams. Believe in your dreams, children. Um, but yeah, that's actually going to do it for the World Series episode of the Red Sox and Podcast, number twenty-seven. Uh, Dave, do you have any departing thoughts?
1: Uh, um, no. Let's just let's go. Let's get
2: him and let's bring home another.
0: Let's. Uh, yep. Exactly. Shared the sentiment. Uh, Chris, what about you? What is your departing thought?
2: Uh, I'm going to reiterate that uh, I in no way, shape, or form believe that Manny Machado has ever laid hands on a woman in a bad way. Uh, I'm just going to leave everyone with that. <laughs> and
1: my depart. Oh, wait. Wait, wait. Before you get to that, I just saw something on Twitter that's very important I need to share with all of you guys.
0: Here we Do
1: go. Alright, so all right, Brock, Holt- Brock Holt... In an interview states, quote, if we get four more rings, we may all be walking around with nipple rings or belly button rings. The entire Boston Red Sox. So, okay. sounds, like, sounds like he just upped the ante on
2: Kinsler's uh, wait, wager. Did he say four more wins or rings? Four, four more, more wins. wins. Oh, I thought you said rings. I was like, uh, we got to wait a few years for that one, Brock. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: four more wins and all the Red Sox get nipple piercings or belly button? Is, do they have the option or are they getting both? Is that, uh, it's, it sounds like Holt's leaving it as, a, as an or situation. You could do either, but knowing what I know about Brock Holt, I think he's going to go for both. Oh, he's going to do both. Yeah. yeah. Good all for right, Brock.
2: big question. Does Alex Cora get
1: one? Oh, for sure. I mean, is that a question? Because, I mean, I just assumed it was yes. Uh, so I assumed he would be, be paying like, for them all. That's,
0: yeah, no, that's going to be the last picture on his wind wall. It's just going to be the team with their yeah. piercings. It's going to be great. <laughs> great
1: ode to the 2018 season. The the, the the ring ceremony in 2019 is going to be a show. It's going to be a show.
0: But, yeah, so I'm not even going to have a departing thought because, you know, that was perfect. That was uh, your departing the, the broad, thought. Yeah, that was my departing thought. Nipple rings. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week, guys. Hopefully with, uh, what, there's going to be two, three, four games before we record the next episode. Maybe the Red Sox will have won the World Series. Next time you hear our voices. I don't uh, know.
2: It's uh, it's very possible. We got Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. If, they do, Sunday, if they do, if they do, if they win in if well, they sweep. Let's
1: go for a sweep.
0: Let's go, Red Sox, guys. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes. You can listen to it on SoundCloud. You can listen to it potentially on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. Uh, check out our affiliate, the Grueling Truth Network. They post some of our content over there. Post a podcast on various platforms that I just mentioned. So please go check them out. Um, we'll 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 talk to you guys, or you can listen to us speak next week. Um, go Red Sox! Let's get this World Series. Let's do it. 2018 World Champions? Question mark. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.
2: Go Sox.